time for another episode of the CHL Top 10 Show. As always, I'm Scott Van Kunit, and this week we welcome our first coach to the show and another player that's making the Seattle Kraken look like draft wizards. It's Ruan Naranda's Martin Dagenet and Kitchener's Carson Rakoff. Martin Dagenet is 20 games into his CHL head coaching career after a two-year stint as Dave Cameron's assistant with the 67s, and before that, seven years as coach and GM with the CCAHL's Ottawa Junior Senators. We'll talk about what type of coach he is and his influences, his road to becoming coach of the Huskies and his whirlwind summer, the moves they made during the offseason, dealing with the preseason expectations, and what it's like to be a first-time head coach in the QMJHL. Here's Martin Dagenet. Okay, joining me now is the head coach of the fourth-ranked team in the CHL Top 10 rankings. It's Ruan Naranda's Martin Dagenet. Martin, how are you doing today? Good, yourself? I'm, I'm pretty good. Uh, you know, it's, it's been a, a long and winding road for you to get to where you are now. You know, first year as head coach in the CHL, but you spent 10 years with the Ottawa Junior Senators in the CCHL, seven as a head coach and GM. You know, lots of success there, two finals, two championships, and then two years with the Ottawa 67s as an assistant coach to Dave Cameron. So maybe to start off with, why don't you tell us what kind of a coach that you are? Well, I, I want to say I'm a player's coach. I think the new generation now, you have no choice but but you know to, to be someone who can talk, communicate with, with your players. At the same time, I think I know what I'm looking for in a hockey player, what I'm looking for in terms of you know the, the type of team that we want to be. So I'm, uh, you know, obviously there's ways to do things. Uh, I want guys that compete, guys that play the right way, guys that don't cheat. Uh, I'll take hard work over skills uh, any day of the week. And uh, this is kind of how I was able to have success with, with the Ottawa Junior Senators in the CCHL. That's how uh, we had success with the 67s under Dave Cameron. And I kind of want to do the same thing here in, in the Hawaii Nevada. So who were some of the coaches that, you know, kind of influenced you as you came up through the ranks or that you kind of looked at as, as you were evolving as a coach? Well, it's tough to not mention Dave Cameron, obviously spent two years with him. And, and before I got the job as an assistant coach with the 67s, I had, uh, I had some interviews to be a head coach, both in the OHL and the QMJHL. So, um, you know, at that point, you're, you're not disappointed that you're going to have to be an assistant coach for a few years before getting that job. Uh, but part of you thinks that you're ready to, 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 to take a job and, and you know, run with it. And those two years with Dave were so beneficial for me in terms of learning new things, you know, especially with Dave's experience at the pro level, coach overseas, um, world juniors. So, um, I was able to, especially the second year, the first year was a bit tougher just because I had to, to kind of relearn how to be an assistant coach after being a, a, a GM and head coach for seven, eight years. Uh, but the second year, I, I think I got more comfortable. Uh, I was in charge of the penalty kill and it was much better the second year again. Uh, it's just sometimes as, as an assistant coach, knowing where you fit in. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie, whether it's Dave or, or even Norm Millie, who was the other assistant coach with, with the 67s, I was able to learn a lot from these two guys. How important is it as a coach to be a sponge when you're around other guys like that? 
very important, especially especially in today's hockey where, yeah, you might have a head coach, but even right now I'm learning so much from my assistant coaches in the Hoenerada, and I hope they're learning from me too and we can put that together and have success as a team. Like junior A hockey, all the guys that I worked with, with OJS, the Ottawa Junior Sands, my assistant coaches, my goalie coach, my video coach, we had discussions every day. So you're learning from these guys every single day and you're making yourself a better coach because of it. If you're not open to to listen to to, to the assistant coaches, whoever works with you, you're just not going to improve. And, and, and no one, I don't think there's a coach out there who knows everything. So obviously you're always trying to pick up some new stuff. Well, like you said, that second season in Ottawa, you had a lot of success, record-breaking year for the for the Barber Poles with 51 wins. What was your biggest takeaway from Dave? Just the grind, like being able to push through the grind. Like it's a, and I see it even more in Oinarada just because of the the travel that we have to do here. Um, but man, to get up every morning at at six a.m. and get to the rink for seven, and then meet with the players at seven thirty on the ice at eight thirty. It just, it, it, it takes, it takes a lot. And we were lucky last year with the 67s. We had a group that was very professional, very matured, some good leaders, and uh, the schedule was not really an issue. So I brought the same thing to Wanda this year where the guys have to be up in the morning and kind of change because they used to practice in the afternoon. And it was very tough on the players in the first month. Now they're getting used to it. Um, and I, I love the concept. It's 2, 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and we can focus on, on you know, maybe spending more time with the family and stuff like that. It's just not everyone wants to get up at 6 a.m. every morning. But like I said, once you get used to it, I think it's the best thing uh, for, uh, for a hockey team. Well, you, you had a good thing going in Ottawa. And like you said, there's, you know, the, the weather's pretty good in Ottawa. It's a little bit colder in Rouen. You know, the travel's not, not bad. So why make the change now? Why why the Huskies this this spring, late spring when it was? Well, I think just like most players, you you know, if there's an opportunity at the next level, uh, or, or you can, I guess, uh, you know, just imp- not improve as a coach, but get to maybe a higher position. You're always going to look at it. You're going to listen to what people have to say. And I was kind of surprised to learn from outside sources that my name was being mentioned in a Wainarada because I knew absolutely no one here. Uh, did not know the GM, did not know the owner. I did not play professional hockey. So right away, that's a strike against you because you don't have the contact that other guys might have. So the only way you can move up is, is to have success. And I was fortunate, like I said, with OJS and then two years under Dave. Um, I think that's how I got the interview. And, uh, yeah, I think the GM in Rwanda knew a few people that kind of knew about me. And uh, after we met, it took a few days uh, to kind of decide on both sides that we wanted to make this work. And a week or two after that, I, I signed a contract and we made it official. So once you made it official, or probably even before that, you, you've, you've been looking at the roster and you're starting to make plans for yourself. What was it that uh, you liked about the roster? And, and you know, we'll go into some of the additions that you made later on in the summer in a bit. But what was it about the roster that you liked? Uh, just the, the way they play. They, they call it here the, the Usky way or the Usky game. And, and OJS in Junior A, we, we, we were never able to finish first overall in, in the standings. But we've always built our team with guys that we felt could 
could kind of bring it up a notch come playoff time. So very similar in terms of the way they play. Rwanda is not a big city like Quebec or Moncton or Halifax or whatever. Smaller budgets, again, very similar to what I have in Ottawa in, in Junior A. Uh, so, yeah, it just, and I heard from a lot of people that the owner was a great guy. They did not have 10 or 12 or 15 owners at a table trying to make decisions for you. They let you do the hockey stuff. So, no, I was talking to other teams at the same time, teams closer to home. But the more I talked with the Husky, the more I felt that, all right, this is kind of, it was a spot for me. Yeah, it's far from home. It's a bit colder here than it is in Ottawa. But at the end, it's, uh, yeah, I, I didn't, to be honest, the roster for me, even though I knew they had some good heart and soul players, it wasn't really a, a, a no, decision that didn't really affect my decision. It was more the fit of uh, no, the franchise. Well, once you once it was official, you know, you didn't have a lot of time to to get things prepared. It would have been, a, am assuming, a pretty hectic summer for you. You know, think like hockey aside, you've got to find a house, uh, school for the kids, you know, prepare everything, everything. What was your summer like? Not, not to mention um, moving on from the OJS franchise as well. Well, it, it, it was hectic. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think the toughest was the, like you mentioned, like the family stuff, like getting uh, our, our daughter in, in school. Uh, she's born October 2nd. And in Quebec, it's September 30th, not December 31st, you know, in terms of who goes to school at what level or whatever. So she did her kindergarten in Ontario. They wanted her to do it again in Quebec. We did not want that. So we were able, because she was only two days late, um, we were able to, to get her where she's supposed to be right now because my family's spending half of the year here and coming back for the second semester in Eastern Ontario. So it's, it's easier now that she's going to be at the same grade in, in both schools. And we plan right. to do that now for the next three years. Uh, now selling our house in Castleman, uh, renting here, buying a house in Embrum, kind of downgrading from what we had in Castleman. The house is being built right now in Embrum. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, especially in the summer where you want to maybe take a break for, for, from hockey. Uh, that was not possible. Um, but it is what it is. And it's actually a lot of stuff that we had to do in the summer. It's kind of fun. It's exciting. It's something new. But, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was it was hectic. And those are things that people don't normally think of. They they think coach and the hockey. They don't think of the the outside stuff. But on the hockey side of it, you guys were busy as well. You you bring in you know Will Russo and Jeremy Langlois from Quebec, Antonin Vero from from Gatineau, Andre Loshko from uh, Shakutami. What was it about those guys that you wanted to bring them in? I know you you were, would have been a little bit familiar with Antonin uh, from your the Alexander Cup that you would have played against them in uh, Ottawa Gatineau. But uh, what was it about those guys that, uh, you know, made it important to bring them in and, and before the season got going? Well, uh, when I got the job, obviously the trades were not made, but I, I was talking to our GM, Yannick Gaucher, and he mentioned the names that, you know, the players he was looking at because we had tons of draft picks, like too many draft picks for the amount of players that we had coming back. So in terms of managing assets, the organization did a heck of a job in the last four or five years. They draft really well also here in the Wendelanda. So we were able to, to, to take these picks and, and move them <clears throat> for players that could help us now. Um, 
you know, William Rousseau is a name that most people are familiar with just because of his success in the playoffs last year, Memorial Cup MVP. Uh, you know, had a slow start with us, not a bad start, just a slow start. And now in the last, I want to say five, six weeks, he's, he's been amazing. Jeremy Langlois brings us an element that we did not have on the back end. Uh, offensive defenseman that can make a good first pass, uh, can also play on the power play. Um, Loshko, I didn't know much about him, um, but we uh, we lost one European. So obviously we wanted to bring a, a second guy in and his current teammate, Daniel Bourash, is from Belarus. He's from Belarus too. So right away there was a connection there. So it made sense for us to, to go get uh, Loshi. He's had an okay start. I think his expectations of himself, like he wants to do better. We want him to do better. We're still working with him. He's got to change a few things in his game. Uh, the only one, like you mentioned, that I I, I kind of knew about was Antonin Vero. And just because I, you know, being from Eastern Ontario, where I grew up reading the newspaper in French and articles 20 years ago were always about the 67s, but also the Olympics. So you kind of grow up in a French community knowing a lot about both teams and both leagues. So I followed the Olympics just as I followed the, the 67. So, and Vero was a player that I liked a lot at 16, but felt that he kind of didn't progress as a 17 and 18 year old, unlucky also with injuries. So I was kind of hoping that Yann Gaucher, our GM, would make a move to go get him. And he's another player who, in the first six, seven, eight games with us, it was a struggle, was trying to do too much. I was not playing the right way because he wanted to create offense. And now I'd say in the past uh, seven, eight games, he's arguably been our best forward um, because we had you know tons of talks with him. His work ethic and practice is unreal. He thinks the game like a pro, uh, uh, prepares like a pro. Uh, so we could we felt that he could have a breakthrough year, and I think that's what's happening right now. And with Antonin now leading the team in scoring now, he's already matched his numbers from last year in 18 less games. Is he playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder now, like something to prove to scouts and, and NHL teams? 100%. And if you would know Antonin personally, he, he, yeah, he's like a soldier, he's a military, he, he's a machine. And sometimes it's almost too much. But, man, you'd rather work with guys like that, that you know, prepare the right, the, the, the right way, they're in the gym every day. They do what they have to do in school. They're never late, always on time. Like I said, he's a pro. I think the only concern sometimes with Atanay is he overthinks the game. And sometimes he's got to keep it, you know, just simplify things. But, uh, yeah, he does, have a, he does have a chip on his shoulder. And uh, it, it shows right now. I think the sky is the limit for him. I think he can be better than what he is now. And like I said, he's, he's been one of our best forwards in the in the last month. And like you said, not the start that Will Rousseau would have liked, but now he's, you know, tops in save percentage. He's third in goals against in the league. So obviously he's turned it around. What does his presence bring with him in the crease? Just the, you know, the confidence that our, our guys have in him right now, based on the way he's playing. And it's, it's almost dangerous because you're almost saying, all right, we can kind of relax. We don't have to play 60 because – we have someone in Nets who's going to get the job done, but you know, we don't want to see it that way. We just want the players. And I think that's the way they feel where, all right, let's go on offense. Let's make sure that we're as good as we can defensively. 
but we know in the back of our mind that if we do make a mistake, we might have the best goalie in the country in nets. So it just, everyone's just more comfortable, uh, more relaxed. You know, you're not going to make a mistake and the puck's going to be in the back of your net knowing that Will is in nets. Um, so yeah, just that. And again, we weren't playing bad hockey early on. We weren't playing good hockey. We were average, but Will was also average. Now that we're playing better hockey and Will's been excellent, well, you know what? When we're on, we're a, we're a tough team to beat now. Well, like you say, the start of the year, you guys were ranked as the the favorite in the CHL, coming in at number one in the, the CHL top 10 rankings and the preseason rankings. And then you got off to, in your first 10, 10 games, only five wins in those games. Uh, what was your message to the team in that time, um, you know, or or did you start questioning, you know, things that you were doing yourself uh, while the team was, I, I don't want to say struggling, but not kind of living up to those expectations? Yeah, well, first off, as a coach, you always question yourself after every game, win or lose. Uh, you know, you win a hockey game against a very good team and you think deep down that you're the best coach in the world. You lose the next day and then you think you're the worst coach in, in the world. That's that's the way we are, right? And that's that's you try and keep it at the same level, but it's difficult sometimes. For the players, you know, what, what bothered me early on is, and I think those rankings, the preseason ranking that I don't always agree with because I think it's it's tough to know in the preseason who should be one, who should be two, who should be three. Like, for example, the 67s last year, we had 10 players that were 16 and 17, still first overall, but they weren't, the 67s weren't in the initial top 10, which kind of surprised me. Well, other teams like Owen Sound and Sudbury were there. And in my mind, I think the 67s right now are the better of these three teams. So you have to take that those rankings with a grain of salt when they're done before the season starts. At the same time, I think mentally, it did affect our players. I think it was to the point where in the first two, three weeks, we were kind of waiting for the success to come to us instead of working hard and saying, you know what, we're, we're going to go get it. And, um, you know, those acquisitions that we made in the summer, obviously good players, skilled guys. Um, and then to put that together with the five or five rookies, I think that we have that weren't here last season, uh, we kind of became a, a, a skill-based type of team, which, I don't want. And now we're, uh, like I said, the last month, month and a half, we're playing with more sandpaper. We're playing with more grit. We compete. We don't cheat. We stop on pucks, which was very difficult for us the first two or three weeks, which is the reason why at that point we were playing 500 hockey. Also in that time, you guys were struggling a little bit in, in the extra time. Now you guys are tied for, with the most shootout losses in the CHL with, with three with uh, the Red Deer Rebels right now. Um, what kind of a like what kind of things can you say to the players or do you just have to keep working on stuff in practice to to close out the games either in regulation or overtime or just to be more successful in the shootout? Well, the first four games were went to overtime or shootout. I think three of them in a shootout. So first off, you're not prepared for that because you're not practicing your shootout in, in September. You want to focus on other stuff whether it's the D's on the four check, you know, the, the simple stuff, but the, the things that are very important. So that kind of took us by surprise. And obviously I'm a new coach here. I got eight, nine new players that weren't with the team last year. So I didn't really know at that point who to put in a shootout. So I was trusting my, my assistant coaches. And, and you know what, we, we, uh, we gave it a shot. We, 
I don't know. The puck did not did not want to go in for us. So we're still experimenting with with different players when it comes to shootout. Uh, so we do it a bit more now in practice. Sometimes it's just a gut feeling. Someone might have a, a, a very good game that night and you put him in. Some other guys are just machine when it comes to shootout. Some guys can't score at all in a shootout. Uh, but it's never an easy decision. It, it's really, it, it really is a gut feeling. Well, like you said, last 10 games, things have been turned around. You guys are first in the West now, tied with uh, Drummondville and points, but you win percentage, you guys are ahead. Um, Coincidentally, in those 10 games, you guys had your captain, Dylan Gill, return. What has been his impact, and how much did you guys miss him in those first 10 games? Well, I did not know I, I didn't know much about Gilly until you know I, I saw him on the ice play at an actual game. Obviously, we talked in the summer, and right away we kind of we connected um, just based on the talks that we had. So uh, even though he hadn't played a game, I had a good relationship with him. But what he brought is really stability. And, and, and you have to remember that we were missing Dylan Gill early on, but Jeremy Langlois wasn't there. Uh, Francois James Buteau missed some time. So at one point, we were missing, you know, three of our top four D-men. So, it, you know, we, we had to play our young guys, and they actually did well. But there were some ups and downs because of the lack of experience. Uh, but Dylan Gill just brings, uh, uh, again, I talked about Atene and Hill, but they're very similar in terms of the, the professional approach. And, and Dave Cameron talks about this all the time. When I was with him for the two years, and one of our defensemen with the 67s, Jack Natier, very similar to that when, and I told that to my players early on, you know, he, he's at the rink at 630. He's one of the last guys to leave. Just wants to be there, wants to be a pro. And you guys that, 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 that have that in them, they just improve way faster than a player who just shows up, who doesn't go to the gym like he should, who arrives late at school. And again, so Dylan Gill brings all that. He, he's a pro. He does it the right way. He's a good leader on the ice, off the ice. And like you said, the last 10 games he's been with us. I think we've lost two. It, it's no coincidence. How much does that rub off on the younger players? And how nice is it that it's your older players that are like that so that you know, the younger guys are looking up and they're like, geez, if they're doing this, we better do this too. Well, I think it makes a huge difference. And I, I think the biggest difference is probably in practice. The first month with the team, I was so discouraged in terms of the way they practice. It was the softest practice I had seen in 10 years of junior hockey. And we knew that we had to change something. Guys were kind of practicing to not hurt each other. They weren't going at each other. And, um, it's still not perfect right now, but it's night and day compared to what we saw in September. We still want them to, to go hard every day. We understand it's difficult. We did talk about the grind, the travel. But at the same time, I, I just feel that you play the way you practice. So if you're going to be soft at practice, well, you're going to be soft in games. And we did not want that. And we felt that that's kind of the way we were playing early on. So by adding Dylan Gill to, to, to the lineup, which means he would practice with us every day, it just brought everything, everyone kind of up a notch uh, in terms of practice habits, but also you know, in games, just a preparation. Uh, guys just put more focus because they knew the captain was in the room. And how much better do you think Dil Dylan will be this year now that he's healthy? He had that that surgery in the offseason to, to repair his shoulder, which he, you know, he struggled with all last year, but still put up good numbers last year. How much better do you think he can be for you guys this year? 
you know, he's not, he's never going to be a flashy player because he's, he's good offensively, but he's not great. He's good defensively. He's not, I'm not saying he's not great, but he's not one dimensional, you know, everything he does, he does well and he does real well. So to have a guy like that, that you can put in any situation, whether you're up one, you're down one with a minute left for a coach, it's, you know, it's nice to have. So, uh, and then obviously you add the, all the leadership part. Uh, I think he, he, if he can stay healthy, obviously he's going to have a heck of a season. I think he's one of the league's top defensemen. He's going to play pro hockey next year. And our goal is to make sure he can play at least in the AHL next year. Um, uh, and I think he, he's well on his way just because of the way he approaches the game. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that he can play at that level next year, and, but he's really right now focused on, on, on the task that we have here as a team. And, and I like that, you know, he's uh, I think he wants us to do well. He's been here since he's been 16. This is the shot. This is the, this is his shot to maybe have a chance to win a championship. And I know his, his entire focus right now is, is on the Huskies. Well, the Huskies have, have shown in the past that, in a in a cup contending year, they're willing to go out and acquire big pieces. You know, Timo Meyer, 2016, Noah Dobson, when they won in 2019. What's uh what's the buzz like for you around Ruan Noranda right now? Well, the buzz wasn't great in the first two, three weeks. <laughs> uh, I kind of stayed home and went to practice and you know, work at the rink and then come back home. And then you can see the last month and a half, uh, people are getting excited. I think. Most fans were kind of disappointed by our, our start in the first two, three weeks. But now there's obviously a buzz. The attendance numbers are up. Um, people in the city do talk about the Uskies. And, and like I said, it's a small market franchise, but it, it, we've been able to have – the organization has been able to have a lot of success uh, in the past 20 years. So that's obviously nice to, nice to see. Um, and, and for me, you know what? We, we made some moves in the summer. I don't think our GM is going to be overly busy uh, during the trade period. I think we want to add like most teams, but at the same time, I think we all agree that we don't want to add, you know, four or five new players at Christmas and kind of mess with team chemistry, because I also think that's really important. And our team chemistry right now is, is incredible. Uh, so you got to be careful. You want to add maybe a piece or two, but not try and do too much because that's when, mistakes are done right well it's a like you said it's a passionate fan base there when you're out and around in the town are they the the, the fans are they coming up to you and giving you uh you know their coaching uh changes that they'd make 100 percent. very very different from ottawa where the population in ottawa is one million something here it's forty-two thousand. so every time you go out you almost have to be careful you know i'm not and i'm not someone who goes out a lot but at the same time, after a game, if you want to go for wings or nachos with the staff, you have to be careful because everywhere you show up, uh, people are going to come up and talk to you. So, so we're trying to be careful. But at the same time, they're they're passionate people. But I feel the people in Wainaranda are very similar to what I see in Eastern Ontario. Very nice people that just want to chat and 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 very respectful. So I, I've been loving my time here. Like I said, it's a bit cold. The snow did arrive in October, but other than that, it's it's a great town. It's a great hockey town, but good people too. I know it's still early in your head coaching career in the CHL anyway, the QMJHL, but have you had a chance to kind of sit back and look at how far you've come so far? 
Not not really, to be honest. At the same time, I know that I had to to to, to work hard, but you know, to get here, I had to, like I said, when, when you don't play pro hockey, you know, you don't get the opportunities that other guys are gonna have because, like any job, it's 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 a world of of who you know. Um, so, you know, I, I think when I look at my time in the CCHL, when I started. Sheldon Keefe was the big deal with the Pembroke Lumber Kings. Jason Clark with the Carlton Place Canadians kind of took over. So we were trying to, to, to copy what these two guys did. And I think that's how we were able to take over from, from Carlton Place um, and become the, 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 the flagship franchise of the CCHL. So um, it was a lot of uh, hard work especially working, like I said, with a, a low-budget team. But I was very fortunate to surround myself with great people, whether it's you know, my, my assistant coaches, the players, even the volunteers that we had in Ottawa. Um, and everyone kind of did that for the right reasons. We were all passionate about it. We weren't really looking to, to, to move up. We just wanted to do well at that level. And like I said, the, opportunity, the opportunities came afterwards and I'm super happy now that I went with the 67s for two years. I'm with the Huskies now. Um, so maybe one day I'll reflect on that. Um, but, man, it, it was a long time when you think about it, almost 10 years of the same league. 20 games in, biggest challenge for you so far? Uh, to, to, to be able to know, to balance when to, to – to skate the, the players, for example, when to give it to them, when to go hard and compete at practice, and when to say, you know what, they've had enough. Uh, they need a rest because we just came back from a 24-hour bus trip from Cape Breton, for example. And I think I'm still learning um, to, 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 to make the right decisions. I talk with the leadership group a lot about that. I don't want them to have excuses, but I want them to be able to tell me, hey, you know what? We need a break here because the amount of day off that we have, like it's it's two, three, four times a month max. And even on days off, they have to go to school sometimes. Where in Ottawa, the travel was not even close to what it is here. Um, so, you know, it, it was just easier. It was still a grind in Ottawa. But now I compare that to, to, to here in Huayna there's a big difference. And it's really just about the travel. Well, on the other side of it, what's been your favorite thing being – a head coach so far in the QMJHL? Uh, I think just to have that control again, to be able to make the, the hockey decisions, um, you know, to meet new people. Um, when you're a head coach for seven, eight years and you go and, and you're, you understand that you need to be an assistant coach to, to improve, to become a better head coach. It's still not easy, you know, to be able to run your own practice, decide what you're going to do. And I, I'm someone who likes to, I got to be moving all the time. I'm, I'm you know, a lot of energy. I need to be doing stuff. So sometimes it wasn't easy to be an assistant coach, but uh, you know what? I would, I would take a lot of pride in the penalty kill, especially the second year and kind of focus on that. I would take pride in the way my defenseman would play. Uh, again, not saying I didn't do it in the first year, but I was much better in the second year, but now to come back and be a head coach, things are a bit different where, all right, now you got to delegate. And I love to delegate because I don't think you can do all this by yourself, especially in today's hockey. Um, but yeah, just to have your own team and, and kind of run with it. It's, it's just exciting. Do you find yourself checking in on your, uh, your old, old clubs at all? 
I'd say pretty much every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to check uh, what OJS does. Um, you know, when they play, I sometimes watch games. I do the exact same thing with the 67s. I chat with Dave once in a while. I chat with uh, Boydie, the, the, the GM, James Boyd. Um, Norm Millie, the assistant coach. I've talked to a few players. Uh, same again, both teams. I'm 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 very proud of where I come from, and that's never going to change. So I really I really want both of those teams to kind of keep doing well. Uh, and and you know when when OJS loses a regular season game right now, it bothers me a bit inside. Same thing with the 67s. They lost five one to Kingston yesterday in the school day game. And I'm like, and that's a big game for our players, you know, 15,000 kids in the stands. And I'm like, man, I, I kind of wanted them to, to win that. It kind of bobbed, it pissed me off a bit. So it, it's it's natural. It's not going to go away, but that's the way I am. You know, I, I'm an emotional coach. I care. I think I'm real. I'm honest. And that's, yeah, it's, uh, I, I really want them to do well. You talk about talking to Dave Cameron and, and other guys. One guy that uh, spent a lot of time in Rouen and time in Ottawa is Andre Tourney. Have you had a chance to talk to him about, uh, you know, kind of what to expect in Rouen before you came up or maybe even now? Yeah, well, not not much. I actually talked to him way more before just because he was with the 67s and he came in and watched OJS play because he was APing some players. Uh, so he was following our league uh, close. And then when Dave took over, he replaced Andre. Um, and I took over, I replaced Mario Duhamel, which went to Arizona with Andre. So we had that connection there. So we talked a bit, but really for Juan Aranda, he just saw me at the draft in Nashville. And uh, we had maybe a five minute chat and mentioned that uh, it was a great spot to, to, to be at, good organization, great ownership, good management. And uh, you talk to people in Juan Aranda, it's, it's funny because... Andre Tourigny is a legend here. Like, they love that guy. I think he was here for almost 10 years or something like that. Uh, so, uh, obviously, big, big shoes to, to step in. Uh, but, uh, you know, and there's a reason why everyone loves Andre Tourigny. He's just a good person. And that's kind of what I want to be. Uh, and I'm not saying I'm Andre Tourigny, but I think when you're, you're, you're a good person, you're nice with people, you're respectful – I think people appreciate that. They, they respect that. So, uh, but definitely, like I said, uh, Tourini, Andre Tourini is, is, everyone knows him in Wanderanda. Well, this weekend, you guys are hosting the Drummondville Voltageur, um, another team that's trending up right now. And uh, and then Blainville as well. Um, what do you guys have to do this weekend to make sure you're coming out uh, with a couple of victories? Well, Drummondville, obviously, we've played 20 games and we've seen them three times already. Uh, they're coached by a, a good friend of mine. We're from the same area, uh, Sylvain Favreau. So uh, it's going to be interesting because last time we played them, it was a cat and mouse type of game. It was two, three weeks ago. We lost 2-1 in a shootout. They beat us in Drummondville. The game before that, we beat them in the shootout. I feel both teams are equally good. We both have good depth up front, good depth on the back end. We Both teams have a great goaltending. So I think it's going to be tight once again. I think it's going to remain tight if you know whether we play them in, in January, March, or even April at one point uh, because they're very structured. Uh, they play the right way. Um, and Blainville, I'll be honest with you, we, we haven't focused on them a lot yet. We're going to probably do that tomorrow and Saturday after the Drummondville game. But this is the first time we played the team, uh, the, the, the Armada. So we're kind of not sure what to expect, but uh, – 
we'll be prepared come Sunday. Martana, this has been great. Thank you very much for taking the time with me today. Uh, good luck this weekend and the rest of the season. Thank you. Talk around the hockey world last season surrounding Carson Rakoff was a lack of consistency. While no one is talking about that this season, the Rangers forward leads the OHL in goals and points after just 19 games. We'll find out how he's become more consistent this season, what it's like to play in the Kitchener-London rivalry, how the team is bouncing back from a disappointing 2022-23 season, and the swagger they have in the Rangers locker room right now. Here's Carson Rakoff. My next guest is from the eighth-ranked team in the CHL Top 10. He's leading the OHL in goals and points. Seattle Kraken prospect from the Kitchener Rangers. It's Carson Rakoff. Carson, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, I understand that you you guys got to do a, a school visit today. Uh, where did you go, and and how was that? Yeah, we went to a public school just just by my house here, and it was it was great. I mean, they they do a lot of that stuff with us, and it's. So the least we can do for the community we got. What's it like when you see uh, the reaction of the kids when you go to one of those things and, and see how much they enjoy, you know, meeting you guys and spending some time with you guys? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I was in those shoes one day in, in Barrie when the Colts would come into to my school. It was, it was the biggest deal ever. So just being able to kind of do that, it's it's kind of pretty cool. I came in a, in a full circle and it's, it's definitely a privilege for sure. Yeah, nice to be able to pay it forward. Um, you, you mentioned Barry and I want to, I want, I want some clarification here because when we talked last year at top prospects, you told me you were from Utopia, which is just outside of Barry, yeah. but you go on the OHL website and it says you're from Vaughn. If you go to the NHL website, you've got Barry listed. So let's set the record straight. Where's Carson Rakoff from? Yeah, I'm from Utopia. I think the Vaughn came from because that's where I was drafted from because I played in Toronto. I guess that's where my address was at the time. So they figured I was born in Vaughn, but I was born in Barrie and then kind of moved out to Utopia. It's 20 minutes outside, so it's nothing crazy. So, yeah, but from Utopia. <laughs> All right. Well, right now the Kitchener Rangers might be the one of the, well, they definitely are one of the hottest teams in the, the entire CHL. You guys are first place in the OHL. You're on a five-game winning streak. Like I mentioned, you're, you're eighth in the CHL top 10. But right above you in the top 10 are the London Knights. Does it bother you guys at all that your arch rival, that you guys are ahead of in the standings, are ahead of you in the rankings? No, like honestly, I don't think that's obviously just a ranking at the end of the day. I mean... We're trying to worry about what we can control. I think we came in as a non-ranked team. So I think for us, it's just getting better and better every every week and just doing what we can do. It sure seems to bother the fans. Um, obviously, it's a huge rivalry with, with you guys. Do you like to see the passion in the fan base like that? Yeah, it's, it's what you play for. I mean, both both fan bases are obviously unbelievable. And we have a pretty crazy fan base. So it's it's awesome. They kind of get, get behind us and they... They really care for us. It's 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 an it's an awesome thing to play in front of for sure. And and you guys have played London once this year. You uh, you uh, won that one four to two about ten days ago. Five more times against them in the new year. Obviously, your aspirations are to you know to win the Western Conference and then and then go to the Memorial. Well, win the OHL Championship and go to the Memorial Cup. That path will be likely through the London Knights. What's that rivalry like to play in? Yeah, I think, well, I've had it last two years in playoffs, losing last year and, and winning the year before. I mean, it's 
it's special. I think it's, from my opinion, probably the best rivalries in the CHL. So I think every game you go into the butt or every game they come to the yard, any we obviously have respect for those guys, but when we're on the ice, it's the biggest rivalry in, in, in CHL hockey. So I think it's it's special to be a part. I had my fair share of games playing in like game seven and, and, and obviously last year too. What's it like this year with Henry Bruchevitz playing in London and you've got Hunter obviously as a teammate with you? Yeah, it's funny. Like I'm pretty close with, with Hunter and I've been close to them, so I know Hen pretty well. And it was always a joke if once he got traded there, it was, it was funny. Like uh, we were kind of marking that down the first time we'd play him and kind of give it to him a little bit. But obviously, yeah, both two great kids and Hunter's one of my best friends. So it's, it's awesome to kind of see him be able to play against his brother. For you, you've got a, a letter on the jersey this year. What does it mean to to wear a letter on such a historic franchise? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's special. I, I think um, oh, you're always trying to be a leader, but I think obviously having to get recognized by the coaching staff, kind of be a part of that group is, is special. I'm just, I think we we got a great group. I think everyone everyone leads in their own way, and it's it's really shown for us. Last year, as we entered the season, expectations were pretty high for you guys. And then you ended up finishing finishing eighth. And, and until you upset Windsor in the playoffs, it just felt like something was a little bit off or you guys weren't just firing quite right. Would you say that's that's fair? Yeah, I think it's definitely um, a fair assumption for me. So I think, obviously, we we were pretty, pretty expected to do um, good things last year. I think... Obviously, in playoffs, we kind of showed how good we were, but I think it was just maybe a bit too late. But I think this year, kind of, it was kind of the reverse. I think we we weren't expected to be much this year, but I think we kind of took it upon ourselves to like, why not? Like, we don't really have any expectations for the group from the outside, so set set some high ones within our group. And I think um, the coaching staff and and the group we have in the room has done a great job of that. Well, what what lessons did you learn from last year? that you want to make sure you're not going to repeat this year? Is it just, does it just come down to a consistency thing or, or what would you say? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is just the consistency. I think the league is such a crazy league. Like anybody can win it any night. If you're not, if you're not on, like there's a good chance you lose a game. There's too much skill and too many good teams, especially in our conference and, and throughout the league. Um, so I think it's just, it's just bringing every night. I think it starts with practices and, and throughout the week being, being locked in the whole week and, and being ready for those games when it starts. And like you said, this year expectations from the outside anyway were lower to start the season. You're 14 and five after 19 games. You lead the entire CHL in goals per game. What has Coach Ahokas brought to to the organization for you guys? It seems like it's been a better than seamless transition for you. Yeah, I mean he's he's been unbelievable. I think just him and the whole rest of the staff, Jeff and Brad, I think have done an unbelievable job with our group. I think our group is so close, like I said, and our coaching staff, it's a perfect kind of hybrid mix. He's unbelievable coach and he, he knows what he wants and, and he expects a lot from us players, but it's, it's what we need. It's because if you want to play the next level, you got you to be able to kind of push yourself. And he's, he's been unbelievable, especially for a guy like me, he's, he's treated me like a pro and he's, he's really been helping me trying to get to the next level. And I think just kind of that bond we have with the coaching staff as a, a player group has been really easy to play for them. And then, you know, recently you guys get Mashar and Roman Schmidt back. What does that do to the to the locker room? What what kind of belief does that give to the room when you get those guys back? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, Schmidt's been here for two years, obviously, prior to this year, and, and Mez coming last year. And, like, I, like, I was super close to them guy. I played a good amount of games with, so obviously getting him back and 
and uh, playing with him is, has been awesome. And obviously he's a special player, so it's huge for our group. Does it give you guys a little added swagger now? Yeah, I think for sure. I think we're starting to realize kind of how much damage we can do. Like I think B, we, we had a good stint of some pretty good games um, against some good teams and, and we showed really well. So I think we still, we still know we can, we can get to another level, but we're, we're working game by game and just, and just worrying about what we can control. Well, four of your five losses have come on the road. So, you know, I guess in areas to improve, that would be one of them. What what better ways can you prepare so that you guys are ready on the road a little bit better right now? Yeah, I think I don't really think it's a problem. Like, I think we've been playing well. We, we won at the Bud, um, which was not an easy place to win. So I think we've been winning some pretty big games. We won an Owen Sound the other weekend. So I think uh, I think we're we're getting better with it but obviously sometimes you kind of get caught at the end of a road trip or something and it's it's a tough night but I think yeah just treating every game the same and just being being ready for every game is a big thing for us and and for you personally like I mentioned you're you're leading the OHL with goals with 19 and points with 33 in just 19 games what has changed in your game this season because I've talked to a couple guys this year and 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 they said that from the outside anyway it looks like you're just a more consistent player this year. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. I think that was a big thing I came in the year with to just honestly trying to be the best player on the ice every night. And I think that's something for me that's that's important is if I'm coming in every game with that mindset, um, I think my skill and my size and, and my skating can kind of take over. I think obviously uh, my teammates have been unbelievable this year. I think we have four or five of the guys, top guys in the top 10 or whatever. And I think everyone's been playing good hockey. So it's, it's been pretty easy to put up points with those guys, but I don't think any of us are really worried about points. We know for winning games that everyone's going to succeed themselves. Well, just to stay in the, in the winning column, how do you guys, or what do you guys have to do to, to, you know, maintain it over the, the full 68 game schedule and then into the playoffs? Yeah, I think just staying hungry. Um, staying with that kind of dog mentality we can kind of came into the year with and just trying to prove people wrong. So I think there's still doubters, um, but I think for us, it's just not being complacent. Like I think you can get comfortable when you're when you're doing well. But for us, and we've we've kind of been good with it. It's just just staying on, and I think it's a big thing. What what like what types of things can you do to to not get complacent? Because it it is easy to become complacent when you are playing so well and everything's clicking for you. So what types of things are you guys you know working on in video or or in practice to make sure that you're you're staying hungry? Yeah, I think honestly, it's just what's within our group. I think we all all on the same page so it's not there's there's not many reminders because we're all we're on that same same mindset and we're all we're all pushing pushing together so it's it's been pretty easy which you don't see often and then like you mentioned um you know you're first brushevich is second in the league you've got sop who's third in the league Misseljevic is is uh third in goals and he's he's in the top 10 in points um you know, Jackson Parsons is topping in goals against and third in save percentage. What's been from from your perspective, maybe the most the biggest pleasant surprise uh, on your team? You know, I'll narrow it down for you just to Misseljevic and his 14 goals so far when last year his career high was four or Parsons, who only had played a, a handful of games before this year. Yeah, I don't think to me, neither was surprised. I think. Pars played as a six or well, like a seventeen year old because of COVID, and he was he was unbelievable for us. So I knew he was he's a very good goalie, and it was just a matter of time until he kind of 
got back from his injury and, and, and really took over in that spot. And I think Missile kind of coming in as a free agent, he's always been a shooter. He's had, he's had a good shot. So I think this year, like I started playing with him at the start of the year and it just, he was super comfortable and he's just, he's playing good hockey. Like he's a really good hockey player. It's not, it's not a fluke that he has 14 goals. I think he's, he's played really good hockey and he deserves what he's getting. When you guys see all, all of your, like when you see yourself and, and your teammates up near the rankings, um, and I know you said the, the points don't really matter, but do you kind of look at it in, internally and, and, you know, kind of challenge each other, try to get ahead of, I, you know, you've got some pretty big personalities in that room. I'm sure you guys are kind of, you know, jokingly looking at it with each other and, and saying, I'm going to get ahead of you tonight or vice versa. Yeah, I think, I think me and Brew do it a bit. I think uh, we've, we've been best friends sort of since he's came. We've roomed everywhere, CHL game, everything. So we're, we're each other's biggest supporters at the end of the day, but yeah, we, we love the competition throughout practice, everything. So it's, it's been great and it's been working for us. So, but and how important is it to to have somebody to compete with and make sure that you're keeping everything at an intense level so that when you get to the games, you're still going and you're ready and it's not really a step up for you guys. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, our whole team, um, our whole team is we have a very good practice team. I find this year our practices have been have been very good and I think it's definitely a big reason why we're winning games and and holding on the leads. And I think. Everyone challenges each other. We have great practice competition. We love uh, we love to battle and we love we love to compete. So I think that's been a big reason why we're doing so well. And this summer, Nashville, you get drafted by by Seattle. Uh, you know, just you've had a couple of months to to let it sink in. Uh, what was that moment like for you? Yeah, it was special. Obviously, you it's, a, it's your dream for your whole life, kind of playing hockey. So I think being picked by Seattle was. Uh, was unbelievable kind of getting down there and getting to meet everyone and getting climatized with the city was 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 special obviously and training camp was was really good to kind of get down there and, and get skating with all their with all their guys and it was it was really good to kind of get into a game and, and come back here and bring that uh experience back and really help the team when when you get to camp and you start looking around and you see a lot of other CHL players and and familiar faces for you a lot of guys from the OHL does it make it easier going into camp like that yeah I think for sure we had a we had a super super close prospect group down there so I think um I still talk to a lot of the guys kind of throughout the year and obviously having a ton of OHL guys is is pretty cool so it was it was super fun for sure and what was the message from Seattle when they send you back to Kitchener yeah just um so like uh, pretty much what I said, just being consistent every night and just and just trying to be the best player on the ice every night is something that I think I can do and something that I think I've been doing. So it's just something I gotta kind of continue with throughout these throughout these next couple of months. Do you set personal goals for yourself? You know, we all know the team goal is to to win a championship, but do you set any personal goals for yourself throughout the season or marks that you want to hit by certain points or anything like that? Yeah, I'm not a big numbers guy. I think just. I just like play wise, just like I said, being just kind of having that mentality every night and just just knowing what I need to do every night, I think is a big thing for me. I think I have enough skill and and poise with the puck and, and my skating abilities that just if I'm playing that game, I think that kind of stuff will take care of itself. You're you're averaging more than a, a shot more per game this year than last year. Is that just a case of more opportunity, more ice time, or you're just making better use of your time on the ice. Yeah, I think just honestly shooting more and <clears throat> spends a lot of time kind of 
reading the Ozone this summer and, and really really watching some some of the best goal scorers and how they score goals. So I think I've I've up my kind of slot shots and stuff like that quite a bit this year, and I've I've definitely noticed it, and it's definitely been a big help. You've got a a laser of a shot. How did you get such a good shot? What did you uh, like? What did you work on as a kid? How did you get to be such a good shooter? Yeah, I think um, your typical I just shot box my whole life. I think um, since I was since I started, it was my my favorite thing to do. And then kind of these last couple of years, I just like just like typical like shooting after practice for an hour and goalie shooting all summer. It, it adds up. Obviously, it's not some people don't find it the most fun thing in the world, but I think I could I could shoot pucks all day. So I think anytime I can shoot and, and spend some time working on my shot and in different ways to shoot the puck, I I love to do it. So it's. It's a hobby for me, and it's it's definitely paid off. As a goal scorer, how particular are you with your with the stick that you use, the curve, the flex, and and the way you tape it? Yeah, I uh, I go through a lot of sticks. My trainer, I tell you that, but I think um, yeah, I'm pretty pretty good with that stuff. I'm not too bad, but uh, I mean, I I do like certain things, but nothing nothing too crazy. You're not one of those guys that once you tape the stick, like it can't hit the ground or anything like that? No, I don't do that, no. <laughs> um, and, and back to Seattle quickly, like I said, like obviously you got uh, Nelson and Goyette, uh, OHL guys are a number of other ones, but uh, out west you've got Jagger Furcus, who's absolutely ripping up the, the WHL right now, Lucas Dragic Civic as well out there in Tri-City. Do you guys have like a little group chat where you check in with each other or have any friendly uh, – you know, challenges there as well. Yeah, I talked to those guys. I mean, I talked to talked to Goyette a lot. Um, we got super close on down there, and and then some of the guys are in Coachella now. But yeah, I talked to Goyette a lot. Um, obviously play against Nelson and those guys and Furcus and all those guys. So we, like I said, we have a super close kind of prospect group, which is which is super cool to kind of have that that kind of coming up and kind of our next couple of years will be will be really fun for sure. How how closely do you follow? Seattle now that uh you know you're a prospect of the team or even or even Coachella Valley yeah I think obviously um you keep your tabs on them I think I watch as many kind of Seattle games as I can obviously the time changes can be pretty tough but um just watch as many games as you can and just kind of keeping keep an eye on those guys that are in Coachella this year obviously they're doing really well so it's it's pretty cool to see and then, and then with the team, how often are you in contact with them? Um, obviously, the player development guys, I'm assuming more often, but how often is that? And what kind of uh, things do you guys talk about? Yeah, no, they reach out. I think they've, they've been to a couple games this year and I've chatted with them. So, yeah, they're, they've been great kind of giving feedback and, and whatnot. But, yeah, they're a super good group of player dev guys there. So I'm definitely super lucky with them. And this weekend, you guys have a home and home against the Windsor Spitfires. Uh, what do you guys have to do against the Spits um, to, you know, to keep this streak, this five-game winning streak going? Yeah, they obviously they have a great team. I think they they beat us in Windsor um, not too long ago. So I think just and obviously we're still a bit sour about that. So um, coming in the Yacht Friday, I think is a special place to play. So I think we're we're really excited for that. And obviously going there on Saturday, but we're in about Friday first for sure. What is the odd like on a on a Friday night as a player when you step out on the ice and you got the stands just pumping? Yeah, you can't you can't really explain it. It's like you kind of have to be there to understand, but it's 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 the best it's the best place I've ever played. Um, I think I think it's so special. Just everyone in the city so passionate about the team. It's 
it's so easy to get up to a game and play. Like it's, it's, it's honestly the best thing. I think we've shown in like, it'll be Sunday two o'clock and we'll be sold out, which is, which is pretty special. And it's, it's definitely an easy place to play. And it's, it's unbelievable for sure. What does it do for you guys as a team when you've got like the, you know, the full crowd like that every game? It makes us so confident as a group. I think just knowing that they care so much about us and they have so, so much belief and support in us, it makes it so easy for our group to kind of bond and, and want to give them a show every time we go on the ice. Awesome. Carson, thank you very much for this. Good luck this weekend and the rest of the season. Thank you. I appreciate it. Once again, if you've made it this far, thanks for watching and listening. We'll see you again next week where once again, I'll check in with two of the teams in the CHL Top 10 rankings. Cheers.